UK Tech Weekly podcast. The only thing more exciting than an early German World Cup exit is the UK Tech Weekly podcast, obviously. We are here in the midst of football fun and uh, Scott tells me Love Island um, banter. It's the summer of love. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's out. I won't give you any spoilers. Obviously, if you listen to this, you do not watch Love Island. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for joining us. I'm Henry Barrow. I've got Scott Carey, got Sean Bradley. We've got a triptych of tech bands to come your way. Um, We are going to start... In the capital, sorry if you live in the countryside and you don't get to use Uber, but in London, Scott, um, you might not be able to soon either. I was in Hull over the weekend and I was (laughs) horrified to find that I couldn't get an Uber. (laughs) Yeah, it really is a first world problem when you you load up that app and you're like, what do you mean? It is. Um, So in a nutshell, um, if you have been living under a rock, um, the uh, TfL, Transport for London, basically stripped Uber of its license back in September of last year, how time flies, um, citing um, public security and safety fears um, because they weren't really background checking their drivers and they weren't really reporting any crime that was happening in their vehicles and and various other issues with um, the way they were operating themselves. it was a really shocking decision at the time. No one really saw it coming. Um, people yeah. knew that TfL weren't particularly happy with Uber, but they, they really didn't think they were just going to strip them of their license. And that kind of mm. broke the, the, the wave of uh, the excitement about the new CEO, right? Because it yeah. was all happy, clappy when he came in. And then they were like, actually, you can't, maybe can't work in London anymore. Yeah, it yeah. was a very early fire. For, for what it's worth, London is um, Uber's biggest uh, European market. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's sort of 3.6 million customers. Uh, it's a, so it, it's it's a big market that they they were obviously very keen to protect and not to forget like yeah forty thousand employees well sorry yeah. drivers yes yeah. they didn't yeah. um, that's another story so <laughs> since then uh, Uber has been on a uh, very much a two pronged uh, drive one is with TfL to basically prove that they were going to play by the rules yeah uh, they've um, they basically had a long list of requirements given to them um, regarding their operating model. Uh, and over the last sort of six months or so, they've been working to slowly start ticking all of those off in terms of how it checks its drivers and, and bits and bobs like that to, to try and alleviate those safety concerns. Uh, on the other side, there's also been a very concerted PR effort going on um, with Uber in general, but also in London uh, under uh, the new CEO, Dara Khosrowshahi's um, leadership. Uh, also, if you're living under a rock, Uber um, had developed a, a very negative um <laughs> reputation over the last couple of years for for the way it operated under its uh, founder um Travis Travis Kalanick but so would it be sorry to interrupt would it be mm. fair to say though that the troubles that uh, it was having in a corporate sense were perhaps not known really by the general public who use it in London yeah not particularly i mean they they basically developed a piece of software called grable which helped them avoid regulators which obviously regulators didn't love um which which obviously uh played into tfl's sort of negative outlook on the company as a whole um there, there was a, a huge diversity scandal um led yeah. by susan fowler who uh, wrote a sort of scandalous blog post at the time about um a sort of rampant sexism and misogyny at the company more of what i meant was that perhaps we as tech journalists weren't too surprised that um about the london news even though it was big news but like paying customers would have been like well where's this come from exactly yeah, yeah. Um, um the, the the thing is even though they were stripped of their license uber was never stopped from operating so anyone that uses uber will will know that there was no point ever where they <laughs> opened the app and they were told that they weren't being able to use it this was because uh, they basically uh, uber appealed the decision immediately which meant that they could still operate while it was under appeal that appeal process has gone on 
um, until yesterday when um, the court finally decided on that decision. And uh, shock horror, uh, Uber won. Uh, they were granted a probationary 15-month license uh, to to keep operating. Um, it's probationary because TfL have, have set a load of uh, rules and regulations that they want Uber to abide by. They've agreed to a full audit. They're going to pay sort of a, basically a fine of 400 grand to, to TfL for running this basically in legal fees. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they're going to be kind of closely watched for those 15 months to make sure that they are running as a, as a fit and proper ride-hailing transport company. And so at the end of 15 months... They could still lose a license. They could if they were to not operate in a way that is um, TFL to TFL's satisfaction, uh, which probably won't. That happen. is never going to happen. No, right. Not under Kozlovsky's watch. He he very much is keen to um, play by the rules here. Uh, the fact that they've gone to all this effort to get to this point means that they will probably uphold uh, the, those standards going forward. Uh, interestingly, they actually applied for a five-year license. Mm-hmm. Uh, then an 18-month license, and, and then that's been brought down to a 15-month oh, right. probationary. So mm-hmm. they they definitely haven't got things all their way. Uh, just to pat myself on the back, at the time that they... <laughs> Please uh, go ahead. <laughs> which, uh, which I want to do. At the time um, that they were stretched to their license, I was very, very bullish on the fact that with their legal power and their new CEO and their new outlet, they were 100% going to win this appeal. Yeah. Um, and, and they have. Mm. All played. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> London will not feel like Hull. <laughs> no. To you anymore. No. No uh, risk of that. Um, putting you on the spot a bit now. Uber operates in London, obviously, to a very uh, high success. How come there are so many uh, European capitals which do not use Uber? For instance, Berlin, you can still use the app, but you can only call a regular taxi, and it's the, um, you can't even use it in Budapest. Yeah. Why is there not a social, Someone has moral... Someone <laughs> on a holiday to Budapest recently. Maybe I have. <laughs> um, Taxify is actually quite a good app. Yeah, anyway, it is good. Um why is it that, that we don't seem to have any sort of social or moral uh, problem against just using Ubers? Because the, the, in Berlin in particular, well, it was uh, not used just because socially they were like, no, we don't want you to come in here and take over this entire business. Yeah, so they have a very, very viable local alternative. Um, and the, I think there's a certain amount of patriotism there. So My Taxi yeah. is a German ride-hailing company. Um, so why don't we care about our cabbies? <laughs> well, is it just because they're expensive? Yeah, it's because they're yeah. expensive and it's because they, they offer a worse service. So they've traditionally offered a worse service. I know personally speaking, um, when Uber turned up um, before I was a tech journalist and before I knew anything about the com- how the company was run, it was just such a, a wildly better service than I was used to getting. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think that's how it kind of ingratiated itself with, with the public in, in London in particular. People were kind of wooed by uh, this new way of getting about and mm. not having to worry about having cash and not having to worry about going south of the river after 10 or whatever I was about to is. say the whole south of the river yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. That's um, where people live. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I think that that sort of plays into the fact that people like Matt Hancock, who is the um, secretary for digital um, media and sport, he kind of tweeted out that set, this was sense prevailing. And I think that really mimics um, a lot of people sort of in maybe in the Tory government or who support the Tories thinking basically that this is a win for a very... Um, useful service rather than a win for their drivers who still aren't considered employees and still uh, this is not a decision that's gone down well with the black cab community No, um, because it's yet another threat to their existence. Do you think that um, any other businesses that run on that kind of business model like uh, food delivery services, how come they're not held to account in that way? Is it because they are working above board? No, so they are. uh, So there there are I'm not 
very clued up on this, but my, my colleague Tamlin McGee has written about this on Tech World quite extensively. Basically, uh, Deliveroo in particular are currently going through a big unionization effort um there, there's a lot of conflict over um the way that they are um classified as employees yeah um, it's also very very much worth saying that um even though uber won this decision which um very much hinged on their ability to play by the rules in terms of safety and reporting of crime and things like that they actually have another date in court coming up um on october 30th and that is regarding um the way it classifies its drivers as employees okay. and that hinges on um paying them benefits over time paid holiday uh, and that basically is a completely separate issue, but also very, very important to their to their future existence in this market. And do you think, maybe just to round off, that why, aside from that it wants to make more money, mm-hmm. why will Uber, why has it been so um, against paying them as though they were employees? Uh, like, Uber for me is... is capitalism distilled down to its, its purest <laughs> form. It is, that, yeah. that is yeah. the way it was... Uh, designed by uh, Kalanick and and his sort of tech bro uh, colleagues at the time, it it very much was how can we um, create a service that is as convenient as possible for the people that use it, but also make sure that we don't have to um, pay all of the stuff that we used to when it comes to drivers. So the whole cliche around Uber not owning any cars very much holds true in that sense because yeah. uh, they also had no staff and no drivers. Um, I I. I honestly think that's just the way the business model has been designed it has been so that they don't have any sort of liability over paying their drivers uh, the sort of things that you would be have to pay a proper employee but it's grown large enough now that it's gonna have to do it yeah i mean funnily enough like i've read plenty of pieces on both sides of this but there, there are plenty of uber drivers that that really say okay yeah we would love you know our benefits and we would like to be treated like proper employees but the worst case for us is for uber to be taken away because that takes away very important stream of of uh, of income for me so uh it, it's definitely not ideal but i think that there needs to be a compromise more than mm. a, a one side or, or the other i suppose that's slightly worrying because then the, this is this it's a potential get out isn't it for for dara i can't pronounce his surname yeah because if he's come in he's shown willing to try and reform it in london he said oh we're going to give you benefits but then if it turns out that majority of drivers go oh well we'd rather that we were still employed oh don't worry about that holiday yeah that actually they're going to be able to continue doing what they're doing yeah, yeah they've with, got them over a barrel with with no real change. Over a barrel. um and mm. that, that's where the you know that's where the lawmakers and the regulators come in yeah. i think they, they have to kind of take the side of the of the people that don't have the power in this position or, or the leverage which is the drivers and, and you kind of have to force someone like uber's hand in that in that respect so yeah keep keep your eyes sort of peeled on that that october 30th decision what do you think it's intense it's very intense <laughs> i mean yeah i i mean it really just it just rings true i mean it's just, it was just so much more convenient when i actually came into the market of using a cab as we said you know so uh, i mean hopefully they get it all figured out because while i feel for the people working there you know on the very sort of strange sort of working conditions um sort of being sort of freelancer-esque and yeah it being very you know ill-defined i guess um yeah it's 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 just such a great service that it's just gonna if it goes away there'd be a real gap right so interesting stuff to, Keep- to, to flip it back on you two um because i sort of follow this quite closely but i'd be interested to know how how sort of cynical you two are like do you feel like Khosrow Shahi since he's come in is actually making an effort to reform uber and make it a better company and a more sort of morally uh, acceptable service or do you think it's just a ploy to to get his license back um 
as I alluded to just then, it, it seems to me like that will be what happens. I don't, I've not seen anything that's actually customer, like man on the street facing no. that makes Uber look any better. I think it's um, cozied up to TFL and Sadiq and the tech press, mm-hmm. but it hasn't done anything to the actual end user at no. all, I no. would say. I only know this because I keep a, a sort of a close eye on what you're, what you're doing. And occasionally BBC News will be like, oh, Uber is in a bit of trouble. Yeah. And then it fades away. I don't think there's been nothing to the service that... I would be surprised if half the people in London knew that even this was going on. Yeah, it's also got far more expensive. I don't know if you noticed, um, but it, it's, surge it, pricing is also up. But you, you mean in general the base price? Just yeah, it's just more expensive in general, and also you don't get informed of surging anymore, so you just get shown the price. And if yes, that is true. Yeah. So if that's yeah. a journey yeah. that you do regularly, you'll be aware that you're being surged because you'll be like, why is that ten pounds more than normal? But if you're doing a journey yeah, like they, I, they've taken away the do you accept the surcharge yeah. screen. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I I was doing a journey from Gatwick um, Airport to my to my mum's house, which is near Gatwick, the other day. And I know that a local taxi will charge me eight pounds flat for that, um, but I got an Uber instead, um, and it and I ended up paying sort of sixteen quid, Whoa. which is which is double. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was probably being surged, but also um, it's it's now to the point where it's not cheaper than a local taxi, which is always its old selling point. So yeah, it's way more convenient though because I didn't have any cash, which is why I got an Uber and I paid for it. I suppose. Yeah. Most cabs have a card machine now, though. Yeah, yeah not like yeah. the taxis. Yeah. <laughs> true, yeah. true. Yeah. Right, well, keep an eye on it if you weren't aware. Um, it could be interesting. And if you don't have Uber, um, sorry for wasting 13 minutes of your life. Uh, we will be uh, right back because something you do use is Facebook. Sean. Crypto and Facebook. Here we go. Right, so uh, Facebook, good. Money, good. Um why why are the two bad why why are the two bad well so here we go so um uh in january facebook banned the advertising of uh cryptocurrency on their site so the use of it as a currency or to invest in it like what, to, what was so, the advertising uh it was it was to uh, investing in it and i believe a blanket any cryptocurrency any at all okay right yeah um so they brought in a new a new policy that uh quote um was going to prohibit ads that are frequently associated uh, with misleading or deceptive practices. So that was just blanket crypto is deceptive. Pretty much. Um, And this all came because of the huge bubble that um, grew uh, sort of over the change of the year um, and the uh, oncome of ICOs, um, which is an initial coin offering, uh, not unlike an IPO. Um, So for anyone who uh, who doesn't know, um, when a company um, uh, goes public and puts out a lot of stock, um, it will hold... uh, um, an IPO um, to um, move a load of its shares. Crypto was doing something similar where a new coin would launch and then um, it would depend on, on, on the coin, but it would either be a selection of private investors or they would release it to, completely to the public, would be able to buy up um, an amount of the coin at a reduced cost. And you'd usually have to sign up or, or somehow be in the know to get this. Right. Um, and there would also be incentives. So, you know, the more you would buy, the more the less it would cost sort of um, periodically. Um, Often these would be sort of pumped and dumped as well. Yes. So, um, they no would, idea what that means. Yeah, so yeah. they would heavily market that coin um, and probably pay for a load of Twitter bots to talk about it on social media so that a lot of sort of schmucks in the public um, see this new... ICO think it's going to get them rich quick and then they buy it and then all the people that the institutional investors 
wait till the stock price has gone up because all these schmucks are bought in and then sell theirs at a higher price. Yeah, or even because the market is, market is unregulated even more insidiously, without even marketing it, they would just drive up the uh, um, supply-demand ratio. So they just okay. buy, buy it all up, inflate the price, and then they will just drop it instantly. And this would be organised. Yeah, or, they'd all be in cahoots. Or orchestrated, and you're just trying to catch out people who aren't in the know and make okay. money off of them. And this is not a... This is essentially what an unregulated market looks like. Um, and if you don't know what you're doing, it can be very intimidating because the stock market is intimidating anyway if you're getting into it. And that has a lot of red tape and laws around it to make sure that no one is deliberately trying to screw you. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, there are people actively trying to screw you that were being advertised on Facebook. Yeah. And you could, you know, be in a position where you, you could be in trouble. Um, having said all that, um, Facebook have now reversed this ban. Um, to be clear, ICOs are still happening, and a lot of them are still quote-unquote quote exit scamming. So this is the other the other side of an ICO. Some are pump and dump, where they <laughs> shove shove the price. I know it's a great term, it's where they shove shove the price up, sell it all, and the price comes crashing back down, and then people aren't in there and left with the bags. Um, that is sort of maybe not quite as bad as someone essentially writing uh, an idea for a crypto project, uh, basically on a napkin, getting it marketed. Uh, having the price just completely inflated and just disappearing with all the money that people have spent on the coin, have, have mm-hmm. given for the coin. Yeah. Um, because that's not, okay, manipulating the market because it's unregulated to drive the price up and down is one thing, but literally just taking all the money someone's given you for your idea yeah. and buying an island somewhere, <laughs> um, you know, uh, is is crazy. Okay, so I get that. But how were um, people actually advertised to on Facebook? Because as you say, it's a very confusing process. People wouldn't exactly know um, on their own how to invest in something like that. So were these adverts to click through to simplify just literally giving money to something like how, how are the people actually getting caught out if this is such a confusing situation um that's essentially it you, you would be able to um there are sort of um when a project would start up you would be able to go on onto their website and and give them money in exchange you would receive their coin mm-hmm. uh depending on what coin it was you could then store it in a wallet and all sorts of other stuff but it, it really was largely just as simple as that because i mean like, i get served ads for like you know trainers and yes. I understand if I give money, I get trainer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just kind of boggles that like people, it's catching out people who don't know enough about it, but will still put lots of money yeah, into no, it. Yeah, the, no, the core difference here, Henry, is that you're not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so flat and flat has got. <laughs> yeah. I, I, guess, I guess also, I mean, these ICOs would have been displayed to people who perhaps, and obviously with the, you know, sort of uh, scandal that Facebook was involved in recently, you know, they could have, could have Google searched Get what money. is Bitcoin? <laughs> or, or yeah, or like, how do I make money quick or whatever? And then, and then suddenly yeah. ICOs start popping up on okay, the sidebar. That makes more sense. So, I mean, yeah. Um, so, in an, in, and so I'll, I'll, I'll say this non-cynically. In an attempt to protect <laughs> Facebook's users, yeah. uh, Facebook uh, got rid of these um, and they've brought them back. Um, okay. Have they said why? Um, no. Um, it's I'm sure it's a completely legitimate reason for <laughs> legitimate reasons that is only going to help their users yeah yeah probably yeah i think so, someone probably got handed the calculator with some maths on it and all the ad revenue if you put missing this out on, back then, then you get more yeah then yeah. Yeah, this number goes up um and it also that the ban was reversed immediately is the other thing so it wasn't like oh we're going to change this in a month it was 
Oh, by know. the way, it's it's been reversed. So then the real, so maybe the question is here then why did they take it away in the first place? Just to look morally well, moral high ground. So so here we go. So if we dive Facebook in, Facebook always takes the moral high. If we, yeah, <laughs> no, well, they reverse the decision. Is that as well? Um, and also, we, no, that's true. Yeah, if we dive deeper into this, um, there have been rumours swirling that Facebook itself is looking to get into crypto. Mm. Um, so they've put together. Um, I'm going to call it a crypto task force because. <laughs> I mean, come on, why wouldn't you? Um, which is um, being headed up by, um, let me just double check my notes. Um, the guy that used to be the head of um, Messenger, who's uh, David Marcus, um, oh, yeah, who's, yeah. Uh, who's um, leading up. The team's quite small, but it does also include um, Instagram's VP of Engineering, which is uh, James Everingham, and the VP of, of Product, which is uh, Kevin Well. Um, so... And I think the team is about a dozen strong so far, and they're looking specifically at blockchain and how they can help and how Facebook can utilize that. Um, so, Facebook or Facebook users? Um, one than the other. Okay. Um, so it's really... Blockchain is so... Without going on an evangelical blockchain. I'm not going to be asking you any questions because I don't understand it. Cool. Um, <laughs> so as, Scott, as, maybe help me out. Yeah, <laughs> I've got an ICO for you. Um, <laughs> I, I think um, it's it's so blockchain is so wide ranging that it could be used for a number of things. I mean, anything from if you buy some Facebook coin, then you won't see ads on Facebook anymore. I mean, okay, do you right, know what I mean? So it, right. it, it, it also, it's, it's almost like having a um, like an inbuilt currency that you, you you can get additional features on facebook if you spend x amount of facebook coin a month and you will well, get and they're seriously thinking you think of doing it that way rather than introducing like a paid tier service instead you have to like buy facebook credits well so this is it so it depends what exactly they end up wanting to use it for um i mean it's all very i mean they're putting some serious people and some serious money into researching this um and um i think um Zuckerberg said himself that he's, you know, um, excited the prospect of what blockchain could do, um, and you know, Facebook. Oh, it's just a load of nerds loving nerd stuff, isn't it? It is. It is, and I am one of those nerds. Um, but yes. Um, so I mean, yeah. Um, and we also had sort of um, Mr. Wozniak from Apple um, has been saying that you know this the uh, recent bubble looks a lot like the dot com bubble, which. Um, I mean, right, I mean, right now, crypto has dropped to it's very. I mean, Bitcoin sort of five and a half thousand dollars when it was nineteen just before Christmas. Um, so it's it's been in we're in what is known as a bear market where everyone is just freaking out and selling. Um, and if you frequent any sort of places that talk about crypto like I do, um, the mood is tense uh, to say the least. People are not happy with the way the market's going uh, currently um, at all. Um, That's what happens when you make money up out of nothing. <laughs> pretty much facebook has been known to to kind of do these pie in the sky kind of ideas they they literally just shuttered their um their internet drone division which was going to deliver internet via drones um, yeah they did close that yeah, they yeah. shut that down so I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a kind of a, an experiment that they might you know in a year shut down and by the sounds of the people that they've got involved who are very sort of um senior people at, at facebook they've probably said we really really want to try and do something with with blockchain and crypto what can we do just maybe just as an engineering exercise maybe just to see how it goes mm -hmm. um and as long as they don't brazenly profit off of it or or screw anyone over then i, I don't really see a problem with it no i mean so amazon is sort of the, the to my mind are the kings of doing this sort of thing right i mean they sort of dip their, t their dip their fingers in every pie they can find in mm -hmm. terms of uh, let's try and 
get involved in as many segments of the market from everything from buying up you know grocery stores to getting into game development or well, doing production. Health, right exactly um so i mean and amazon have been very good at making this work where they jump into a new sector and fix what look like i guess obvious problems but i guess aren't that obvious if, if they exist um so yeah it'd be interesting to see where this goes um it is in uh, for the crypto space as a whole it could be very interesting if something actually comes out of this because it's um, uh, the main issue with uh, crypto is it's dif- difficult to penetrate for the man on the street. Yeah. Um, the other big rumor as well is that Facebook have been rumored to um, that they're going to be purchasing Coinbase. So Coinbase is this is interesting. Yeah, Coinbase is the biggest exchange in the world. Um, the past in the past financial year, they made over a billion dollars in revenue. Mm-hmm. So, um, and again, to, to explain to anyone what Coinbase is, I mean, just like when you go to um, the Bureau de Change and get an exchange pounds for euros, you're you go to you log onto Coinbase, you make an account, you send the money, and then you get crypto back. Yeah, and then you you hold you know Bitcoin or, or, or whatever you've bought. And um, is, does that service simplify what is a confusing oh, yeah. process? Oh uh, yeah, Coin, the reason why Coinbase has made so much money is because it. I mean, the UI is clean, it's slick, and it really is easy just to buy. Is there an app? Uh there is. <laughs> Amazing. There certainly is. Um, so, so you just take fat commission off people. Um, it's pretty. The commission's quite aggressive. Um, I think. Uh, knowing this personally, uh, I think that um, I believe it's sort of seven-ish percent if you're using a debit or credit card. If you do the direct bank transfer, bank transfer, it's one percent. Okay, but it's better to pay one percent to get something for nothing than to just hold on to nothing, isn't it? So deep, deep. You're in there. <laughs> yeah, but but also true, and something that Facebook you think would buy and just own as an asset. Well, I mean that if they, I mean, I mean this is why. I mean, you're sort of. I mean. There's an argument that, you, that I'm connecting dots that aren't there, but if they're putting all these senior people into looking into crypto and they're looking at buying Coinbase, I mean, this is all still rumor, but um, this this could come to, come together in a pretty big way. Um, uh, and again, Coinbase has made it as easy as possible to, to buy crypto. And so Facebook partnering with that, also the fact that there's 2 billion users. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, uh, that, I mean, that's terrifying, um, you know, uh, so... Yeah, interesting. Um, I do find it interesting that Facebook are predicating this on the fact that they have a trusted brand, even though they are currently in the doldrums in terms of trust. Yeah. But then maybe like the being aware of Uber's troubles, does everyone in the world really know that Facebook are are that morally unjust at the moment? Good point. So many people that I know would just use Facebook all the time, and I, I just don't think they ever read tech news. No. So... It's like Facebook is the internet for a lot of people, isn't it? Well, yeah, in the Philippines. Yeah, <laughs> where it literally is, yeah. 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 Maybe I'm being just cynical or closed-minded, but maybe also people have no idea. No, I, no, I think you're right. I mean, and also, I mean, it's not, you know, um, it's not, it, I mean, it's, it's hard to find out about this stuff if you're not already looking for it. And because, I mean, Facebook is going to be doing the hardest to hide it as well from yeah. the average user. Um, but yeah, the um, yeah, the ram, 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 ramifications for what could happen are kind of nuts. But mm. Well... I've learned something. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I won't click on uh, any coins uh, when I'm on Facebook. I don't really use Facebook much anymore. No, maybe no maybe I don't think I've never I've never seen a, a coin advert on it. But obviously, you, have have you actually seen one? Oh uh, yeah. Oh, okay, I um, suppose it. Sean's right in that sh- demo. Are, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. well in there. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thank you. Uh, we will follow up on that. See uh, where that goes. Um, 
I'm going to get my own back on you two now by uh, lecturing you about fines. Yeah, I'm just going to go <laughs> off and buy 10,000 Facebook coins. Fa- yeah, face coin. Zucker coins. We'll be right back to talk about uh, the new phone you didn't know existed. Did you two ever own a BlackBerry in the 2000s? No. No, no I'm, I'm not a lawyer or a member of Obama's <laughs> political team. Right. Little potted history for you here. Basically, there's a new one. Bet you didn't know. No way. No. Yeah. Um, that's what it looks like. Didn't BlackBerry nearly go, didn't it nearly go bankrupt? Uh, there you go. I'll let you have a look at it. I wonder why. So th- this is um, this is slightly confusing, but bear with me. So BlackBerry... Have I gone, have I gone back in time? Maybe. Okay. It could have been what happened. BlackBerry, the company, the Canadian company, yeah. um, made its last phone 2015. Oh, I remember this, yeah. And then they did, pulled out the hardware game. Chinese manufacturer called TCL, which uh, has licensed the BlackBerry brand, now actually makes the phone that you hold, which is called the BlackBerry Key 2. Clever bit of branding, because last year's was called the Key 1. And so what this is, is a phone <laughs> with a physical keyboard in 2018 mm. uh, that runs full Android. Android Oreo has got, like, yeah, completely full um, Android. Did you know this had come out before I handed it to you? Absolutely. No. <laughs> I thought, well, as my, this is really as interesting my initial to me, question because, uh, yeah. would hint, I, I thought BlackBerry no longer existed. Yeah, I saw it being handed around the office the other day, and I was like, oh, look at that retro phone someone yeah. bought. And then, oh, no, no it's this is This is brand new. Um, so what I wanted to have a little quick chat with you about was um, not only phones that like this that are trying to bring back features that we thought we were over, but also I've got a couple of other phones here to show you um, that are adding features that people, just innovations that maybe we don't even need and that probably a bit like how I have no idea about crypto, (laughs) how people have uh, no idea. Sean's just been pressing some buttons and none of them them did what he wanted them to do. I'm on your Slack. (laughs) Yeah, so this is is a confusing phone. It has a physical keyboard. Um, I think you buried the lead here. (laughs) It has a physical keyboard. <laughs> and how nuts is that? In, it's in this just that's really but weird. As, as I will now demonstrate to them, uh, you can also use it as a trackpad. So oh, like, if oh, I'm okay. on Twitter, I can then scroll uh, using the touch-sensitive keys. Oh, why? So it's interesting to see your reaction here. So obviously most people, in fact, all people... Uh, type on glass way faster than they type on this yeah and my so best friend still has a blackberry and he swears really? that he can type on it better what, but... so he's got like a proper it runs blackberry software yeah. savage wow yeah that's gonna be an old phone i know it's well old so so blackberry mobile is now um a branded it's very confusing tcl made the phone yeah but blackberry mobile yeah is still a different company to blackberry okay, okay. blackberry is an enterprise software company now of course yeah. um, and it does actually have a hand in the secure software on this phone um but then blackberry mobile say and they gave us briefings on this phone about how like the busy professional has no time <laughs> and so <laughs> the main innovation of this phone right so you can oh my god i said innovation if i want to go on twitter i can program the t key so when i press it it goes to twitter is that when i, when I hit yeah. s i went to your slack there you go yeah oh, and so great. like but if you hold this key down which they called the speed key yeah i can then hop over to like Instagram or like Facebook I'm seeing Facebook um, that is the main feature of that phone that you can hop between apps without going to the home screen brilliant cool and I just wanted to kind of because obviously I go to these events and I get these phones and uh, loads of other nerds go as well and they love it and this has got lukewarm reviews I gave this 7 out of 10 because if it, you do want a physical keyboard on your phone like if your mate needs an upgrade Scott yeah. this is the literally the only phone you should buy <laughs> right. Okay. but why why? Why? <laughs> why? I'm still thinking why, because last year they did one, and I was sort of 
it was almost like the novelty there made me give it a better score. I was like, this is cool. Like, I remember BlackBerry. I, I genuinely think it's for that niche, niche, niche audience that I just mentioned. Sorry, mate, to my mate. <laughs> that genuinely still would rather have a physical keyboard because they genuinely think they can work better on a physical keyboard if they're literally firing off emails all day. So this is the other thing they were plugging, right? So it might be, and like you say, it might be, does your friend work in finance? Yeah, he does, yeah. <laughs> okay, there you go. Because uh, that, is that a work-issued phone? Yeah. So is it a bank? Yeah. There you go. So they still have like an IT system where the guys will just be like, just give you a BlackBerry because exactly. it's really secure. Most companies have now worked out how to have such security using iOS. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and eventually I would think that he would probably be given one. Yeah, he, they, they will have to clasp that phone out of his cold dead fingers. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my dad had one for years and now he's got an iPhone now. And like it just doesn't seem to be a problem. But I, the funny thing is I don't think this particular BlackBerry will ever get into his hands because like a secure Android phone is kind of a paradox. Yeah. Um, and they do do some things in the software. So you get regular security updates. Um, I won't get into explaining what a hardware root of trust is, but this phone has one. Good. Um, it sets that up. And also you just get more user-facing uh, software features that tell you, oh, you maybe should do a pin code rather than a pin pattern because that's more secure and things like that. But then this is one side. This is like the nostalgia phone about how, um, and again, Nokia is an example of this. The Nokia phones that are coming out now aren't made by Nokia. No. They're licensed by a, another Finnish company. Did Microsoft Shutter? Name escapes Nokia. me. Yeah, they bought yeah. it, ruined it, and then sold it. They bought it for loads of <laughs> money. Loads of money, yeah. Yeah, yeah Microsoft, yeah, I don't know what they do. They, they could have done well with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does not, it doesn't, doesn't make its phones anymore. It's completely separate. Um, but then I wanted to show you just quickly two more phones and kind of thinking, because there's that side of the market, like Nokia and BlackBerry, where people are playing on nostalgia, trying to like sell you phones that you really don't probably want. Um, and then, so this is another phone reviewed recently. Uh, this is the latest HTC phone called the HTC U12 Plus. Okay. Um, the buttons on the, to the, one of the main things about this phone, right? The buttons on the side aren't buttons. So try and press them and tell me isn't, what do you reckon? Yeah, that's not a button. So. Isn't it really weird? Yeah. So basically, they made a really great phone last year uh, with a great camera, good screen. Um, it, got, it got some decent reviews, including from us. But now this year, because um, again, that is also a phone whose sides you can squeeze to like perform functions. Oh, <laughs> but look at that. They're, they're, so those buttons are not mechanical. They're just pressure sensitive. But they've... I like the click. It's, 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 it's okay. <laughs> but a bit like how they've it's kind of... It's god-awful. Fr- I think that, there you go. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. Because it is god-awful. <laughs> it yeah. completely ruins the... Um, it completely ruins the phone. Like, it's a great phone. But... It's completely ruined by those buttons. They're they're overly sensitive. Um, sometimes uh, the you just like pick it up yeah. and your finger brushes that power button on the side and locks the phone. And you're like, oh well. Oh, it's got Face ID. Um, and it does have it does have um, a version of a less secure <laughs> version of Apple's Face ID. <laughs> so that yeah, they they've added fake buttons to this phone, which completely ruined the phone because you can't even turn the volume down. You can't press the button twice. Sometimes it just doesn't like if it was in my pocket, the buttons just don't work when I'm trying to like turn the volume down. Yet. You gave it seven out of ten. I gave this. Oh no, no, that was the black bag. Oh, I gave this uh, five. Okay, More fair. And then uh, another one. I just want to again. I mean, the, the listeners probably bought out their mind. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, another you thing that Motorola uh, do. And again, I've picked three here. What great examples! Yeah. <laughs> it's also owned by Lenovo. Motorola does exist as a company still, but it's owned by Lenovo. Brilliant. And what they've done. This is um, a phone from last year called the, the Z2 Play. But so the back of that is a modular design. I see. And so I don't actually have any of the mods, but I do have the, the case here, which um, you can uh, magnetize to the back. So they've gone out for like a whole line of phones. That's not the only one. There are more high-end ones, and there's another one coming out where 
would you be interested in this? If, if you don't want a physical keyboard and you don't want fake buttons, would you ever buy an Android phone where you can buy an ecosystem <laughs> of mods? No, so I tell you what, I, w- I wouldn't. Um, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> We won't get into that. I, I, I wouldn't, but I do have some friends that have modular phones. And really? I was sat in the pub with them about uh, a year ago and they were both sat there with their modular phones and they talked honestly non-stop for about 40 minutes about their mods they loved it was it were they motorola phones i can't remember because there aren't there aren't many that do it so basically the shape on the back of that phone this is the other thing they, they've backed themselves into a corner with the first phone came out like two years ago yeah but they, they have to keep the back of the phone the same dimensions uh, for yeah. several generations oh, yeah. because they want backwards compatibility with stuff but honestly yeah i saw, I saw two people that, that that really buy into that I want okay. to mod my phone sort of thing. It's a bit like a, a semi-hobbyist kind of thing, I yeah. guess. Uh, and they loved it. They absolutely loved it. You can get like a battery pack that makes the phone last for like three days um, without a charge. You can have a projector. Yeah. You can do like a 50-inch telly on the wall. Yeah. Although that costs £250. But still pretty cool. So, so what I was kind of comparing it to was, um, yeah, the BlackBerry, which is adding a feature that probably is old and you don't need anymore. But then, like these modern phones, they're tr- again Android phones. They're trying to stand out and trying to sell above Samsung because Samsung doesn't really do anything different. No. Remember, it, makes, it makes a sexy looking phone and it just sells because it's got massive marketing budget. I remember a time when BlackBerry, I swear, was I mean, when I was about seventeen in college, there were people almost like an iPhone. People were always talking about BBM and everyone had a, Black- yeah. had a BlackBerry. I'm just trying to work out what happened. I guess yeah. they kept putting a keyboard on their phone. Well, yeah, well, just it was it was that thing that that the brief, iPhone happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was that brief moment in time where. All their dads had one, and then BlackBerry also sold like the BlackBerry Curve for, yeah. like, for like 80, yeah, yeah. 80 or 100 quid, and then all the, all the teenagers got them, and you yeah. had BBM with a pin. You still have BlackBerry Messenger on this phone, Sick. Uh, the Android version, but obviously no one. No one's BBM to No one's, no, 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 no one's BBM to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so no, I just wanted to see what your opinion was there, because um, like phones like this were completely ruined. I think they're by, all awful. By the buttons. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah, the modular design of this phone, but yeah, we'll see. Um but yeah, no, it just got me, just got me to thinking, really. And I, I just, there's just too many phones. There's too many phones too many owned phones. by too many brands that aren't actually owned by the brands. Yeah, can you put a modular physical confusing. keyboard on that phone? Uh, no. Oh, oh, actually, maybe can you? Do they have a keyboard? I can't remember. Surely. They have a gamepad, so you can like turn it into like a like a PSP looking thing. Okay. Uh, what else they got? Oh, the dumbest one that they do for the mods on a phone that has Google Assistant and you can download an Alexa app. You can buy an Alexa speaker mod. <laughs> So you like you have your phone, which has a digital assistant built in because it's a phone, and you clip a speaker to the back, which can only perform Alexa functions. You can't play music from it, <laughs> <laughs> and it costs it costs more than like an Echo Dot. <laughs> yeah, you have to talk to your digital oh, assistant really, on the train. I really, really wanted to try and pretend that I like that idea, but I no, you, you, no, there's no redeeming. Really it was one of the worst uh, things I've ever tried to use. Brilliant. Yeah. I just, uh, just a brief addendum to that. Um, just wanted to see if you're aware of the new BlackBerry, which also also costs five hundred and seventy nine pounds. Wow, that's so like, and also like, cause, so they they sent around a press release or something saying that the key one, the one from last year, had sold like I think it was like eight hundred thousand phones, and that isn't a lot. Like if you, if you're Apple, like someone's getting fired, but for them, that's actually quite <laughs> a bad, lot. That's is quite it? a it's lot. Not a bad business. Yeah, if they've sort of kept a flow, kept a brand going. If but, I owned a company that sold 800,000 phones, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. I'll probably be in Aruba right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that... Do you think that they'd, like, try and still really hone in on that sort of business 
they do like the no, sure no they do. consumers they, I mean, are buying that like. security and keyboard are their two big selling points right yeah exactly right. and they always try and sell into the enterprise market so along along with uh, google's pixels it does have the most regular security updates of any Android device I've used, right? You get it. Every, you get it every month. Of any Android device, there's an asterisk for that, right? Because I don't know enough, I guess. But basically, a lot, a lot of the Virtu's dead, isn't it? So, so yeah, that's one yes, that I had in mind, like but Virtu, <laughs> yeah, like you know, old Virtu yeah. stuff. But many, many Android phones don't get um, regular security updates yep. more than a year after they've been out. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, there you go. It's phones. also got it's got a uh, fingerprint sensor in the, in the space bar. <laughs> phones, phones, are, phones are ringing. Phones are ringing. Um, <laughs> They, they never stop ringing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to end this one. Um, yeah. Thanks for thanks. paying attention thanks. to my many devices. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, it. It's coming home. It, it is coming home. home. Yeah, we're we're all very. Oh, I'm so hot, um, and also very <laughs> excited. This room is so hot, and I'm also very excited about England Belgium tonight. Any mm-hmm. any predictions? Um, uh, yeah, I've got a prediction actually. Yeah, um, the use of football VAR. is coming home. <laughs> That's more of a statement than a prediction. <laughs> I predict football will come home. Yeah, f- football is in fact coming home. Yeah, uh, and following last week's uh, was it last week's pod about um, VAR? Um, seen some quite tenuous uses of that in, in, in even in the past week. Yeah, we spoke about how it should really confirm or deny a referee's decision, but this time it's being used to referees are actually making a decision based off of VAR. No, making like, making the correct decision <laughs> on the field, right. then going and looking at oh, the screen right. and overturning. Even though they've seen it in slow motion yeah. that they were correct, and then just giving a penalty, I'm thinking of um, the one against Argentina, the Nigeria penalty. Yeah, oh, that was not a penalty. Am I thinking of the right one? I'm just banging into VAR. Great. <laughs> I honestly think it's been great. What because it's like shaking up the World Cup? Yeah, it's, well, it's, until until it screws us over. It's the Love Island. It's going to screw us over, isn't it? Yeah, the Love Island. It's going to screw. It's going to screw us over when we play Senegal um, in, in the quarterfinals and the, lose one nil. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, we got to 40 minutes. Good job. Good job. And Good job, everyone. we sorry, will sorry. be back next week uh, to talk about more things. We have 40 <laughs> minutes and only 10 of them were about football coming home. <laughs> Good tech podcast. Good tech. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, see you then. UK Tech Weekly Podcast.